0: Welcome to the Fire and Earth podcast with your hosts, Jason
1: Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fire and Earth podcast. I'm your co-host, Kathy Groover, And I'm Jason
1: Mefford. And today it's another What's, What's on, on Your, your Desk episode. With jazz now. hands. Woo, jazz hands or, or the rock and roll, you know, getting. get it. Air guitar going on. Uh, so I know Kathy is really excited. She's been wanting to share this new thing on her <laughs> desk. So we had to do one of these episodes. So here we go. So, Kathy, I know you're like busting. <laughs> so I'm going to keep talking so you can't talk because I know you really want to. Okay. I'll I
0: work. love it so much. I love it so much. I have not loved something so much in so long. So I was getting my hair done. And as she was doing this laser thing on my hair, um, I look over and I see this thing and I went oh I love that so much and this woman rents the studio space from somebody else and she goes oh yeah I don't know where she got that I'm sure it's some like custom-made thing and I went had to explain to her what it was so here it is it's quite large but I had to find it so it's a buddha right it's a thing in the world and I freaked the fuck out. And this I said, it's a Kleenex holder. She goes, what? She didn't realize it was a Kleenex holder. So she thought it was this like rare, because you know, this woman who owns this studio is very like, mm. and she goes, oh, I'm sure this was like a custom-made thing that she had shipped in from out on fucking Amazon for like 30 bucks. But it's so great. And there's Kleenex coming out of his little lotus flower. And I just love this so much. So I bought, I bought one from my desk here and I bought one for my office. And Eric came home one day in this big box. And you like, what's up? I said, oh, it's the biggest thing ever. So I put it all together and I made him close his eyes. And I held it up and I said, open your eyes. And he opened his eyes and he went, okay. He was not as thrilled as me. He didn't I mean, have
1: the same reaction you did. Didn't, yeah. I thought
0: everybody just in the world would love this. So I have, this is on my desk. It is a giant ass Buddha Kleenex holder.
1: Yeah. So those of you, if you're if you're listening, well, no, everybody should be seeing video on this too, right? Absolutely, be seeing video of this. You should see in video. So yeah, lotus sitting, lotus out of the middle of the lotus comes the Kleenex, right? So, so I guess obviously with as excited as you were, right? (laughs) So every time you see that, it brings you some joy. But I think I think it's fun when when there are things like that where. It has meaning though too, yeah. But it's also functional, right? So you can have it on your desk and and it it hides the Kleenex box, but you still got the Kleenexes nearby. But you still have the Buddha mm-hmm. next next to you as well. So I think Capricorn a, loves it. Great, great, great thing.
0: It's yeah. my favorite thing ever. It's just it's it's just the right level of kitsch. Yeah. And I actually had a client because I have it in the treatment room of my office, and a client of mine. He's he's just such a unique character. I just, he's one of my favorite people. And he came out and he goes, so that Buddha that you have in there, is that marble? And I said, no. I said, in fact, it's a Kleenex holder. And he goes, what? And I said, it's a Kleenex holder. And I brought it out and I showed him, I said, and he goes, that's the greatest thing ever. Where'd you get it? And I said, Amazon. So I think I spread the word about the Buddha Kleenex holder and he was thrilled as well. So it's just so, I just, it's so fun yeah and it's beautifully done i mean like the, the art the artistry of it too is really pretty it's a gorgeous face and the the fingers and the the mudra and it's just it's just
1: well so is it, is it a resin uh probably or i don't it know a, it's a i lefty. don't know
0: i mean i guess yeah it's like but just look how beautiful it is with the hand and the flower and then you know it's just a poof
1: yep yep exactly <laughs> can tell this just makes me so happy <laughs> well and and there's there's a lot of symbolism behind yeah those things too right i mean like you said the mudra the lotus flower this mm-hmm. the position the yeah. lots of things uh, you know especially those that have a, a religious or spiritual connotation to it there's a lot of symbolism behind it and so i know i have a lot of little things like that that mm-hmm. it, it's not just pretty to look at but the symbolism and some of the other stuff behind it reminds me of so many other things as well yeah
0: Yeah, so that's my, and you can tell I'm just tickled. I mean, it just, it just every time I look at it, it just thrills me. And like, I've literally walked across, again, not in a big house, but it's like, I've gone from the bathroom out to here because I want to use one of the Buddha Kleenexes because it's fun. And you pull it out and one goes poof and it pops back up through the flower. And I I just can't get enough of it. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, (laughs) All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I've lost my mind, but... (laughs) Yeah. So, hey, Jason, what's on your desk?
1: All right, all right, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna switch from Buddha Kleenex holders to a book. Oh, that actually is on my desk. So I know a lot of times we we haven't done books, but it's interesting. Mm. um, And I'll kind of tell you the backstory. But it's it's this book. It's called Howl and Other Poems by Alan Ginsberg. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So um, so what's interesting is and 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 actually because well, I think on one of the previous ones we we recorded today you know, with the beard and everything, you know, you were like, oh, you need to be blowing something like I should be blowing bagpipes or something like that, right? (laughs) Or a saxophone. Yeah, what's what's funny is, um, when I started growing this, one of the guys that I that I do some work with, um, he told me one time, he's like, you're starting to look like a beat poet. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. damn, I like that right? Because I actually have a huge appreciation for the beat poets. And a lot of you listening might not know who the beat poets were, but you might have heard of people like Allen Ginsberg and mm-hmm. and Neil Cassidy and Jack Kerouac. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, oh gosh, there's about five six, six guys um, that kind of were known as the beat poets. And so they were these these men who'd come back from the Second World War, right? I think all of them served in the war or, or about that age, right? So that we're we're talking fifties. Uh huh. Um, and and um, they were poets, writers, congregated kind of in in the San Francisco area. They they spent uh-huh. a lot of time in that area. Yep. And and this this book, Howl and Other Poems by Allen Ginsberg is a historically significant book for a lot of different reasons right so i'll just howl is is um i'll just i'll just read the first couple of lines that um you know you you might have heard before but had no idea where it came from Uh i saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness Uh starving hysterically naked dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn, looking for an angry fix. Angel headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo in the machinery of the night. Boom. Right now, now again, it's, 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 it's a different poem. I like poetry. I'm a poet Uh myself. Um, but some of those phrases, angel-headed hipsters. Oh God, yeah. That's in pop culture now. The story It dynamo. evokes.
0: It evokes such a, an image, right? I mean, it's like yeah. there's so many other ways to say that, but that was just so stunningly phrased.
1: Yeah, and so what? what what's interesting about um, this book in particular is when Ginsberg wrote it and it got published by City Light Books in San Francisco. Oh, God, yeah, every, sure. Every, every time I go to San Francisco, which mm-hmm. I'll probably be there in a couple of weeks, uh, I like to go to Cafe Vesuvio, which is right next to City Light Books, and Vesuvio is one of those kind of bar, or cafe places where a lot, of, a lot of these guys hung out, but a lot of, a lot of the hippie movement did as well so they've got pictures all over the place you know dylan and all these different people um who were there and so Mm. you walk into a building like that where you know all these people who've changed history have been it's just like the surreal feeling right wow Um, but what's interesting about this book too is you know and and why i refer to it actually one of my friends on his instagram he had that first line on his like tagline or whatever oh yeah 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 you know about how he's like yeah so we started talking about it right but this book which was interesting is when it was published um ginsburg got arrested thrown in jail Mm. uh they because of obscenity they they considered uh it to be an obscene book because there's a lot of sexual references ginsburg was gay so there's some you know homosexual references and other things in it but it it really is a condemnation of the society that we're living in, mm. and so there's there's that anti-establishment kind of thing too. So anyway, yeah, yeah, this book ended up getting them thrown in jail. The people mm. from the bookstore thrown in jail. Uh, court cases that went all the way to the Supreme Court on obscenity and what was considered obscene and not obscene. Right? Wow. And so this was one of the first cases to really allow much more open freedom of speech.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, and so it was people like Ginsburg in this poem, people like Lenny Bruce, yeah, George Carlin, from oh, sure. a, from a comedian standpoint, that um, that allowed us to have so much more freedom today. so so this book reminds me of all of those things, the gratitude that I have uh, for those people, for this poem. Um, so I'm going to take I'll take my little book with me, and when I stop off in San Francisco in a couple of weeks, yeah. have, a, have a drink in Vesuvio, and I'll read this book again while I'm there. Oh, uh, but it also that. reminds me of the Beat poets, right? Yeah. And and one thing that a lot of people don't realize is the Beats were a huge influence in the counterculture and the hippies. Sure, they laid the foundation for the Summer of Love and mm-hmm. all of that stuff to happen. And a lot of the great rock and roll and music that I love uh, was inspired by some of these beat poets. So Wow, that's really cool. That happened to be <laughs> on my desk because like I said, one of my friends, it was on his Instagram and I pulled it oh, out yeah. and uh, yeah, it's going to... It's going to stay here until I get to San Francisco in a couple of weeks and take it with me.
0: Oh, that's really cool. And I love the story and the back sort of like your connection to that. And that's really cool. I love that. And I learned stuff because I didn't know much about Allen Ginsberg. So yay. So the other thing on my desk, and I'm actually just going to turn my computer a little bit here. So I have this um, cork board here that I keep stuff on. But one of the things I do is every time I do a speaking gig, of course, you get, you know, a little mm-hmm. name tag thing. Mm-hmm. And after I do them, I hang them up here on this cork board until I get too many (laughs) because then it starts to like tilt Um, and then I put them in a box so I have for the most part every lanyard that I've ever used for a speaking gig and I keep that there because first of all they're kind of in order so it reminds me of what I've done already this year and the wide variety of people that I've been able to reach and the messages that I've been able to get out to people so every time I look over there and I go oh there's another name tag of mine um, it just sort of reminds me of the success that I've had in being able to share the message of health and wellness and growth and stress reduction and all that stuff with with people. And I take such a joy in speaking that it just sort of every time I look over there, I go, "Oh, it makes me happy." And it's kind of fun when it starts to get too heavy because then it like all tilts <laughs> to one side, and I pull them all down, and it evens itself back out, and I put them in a big box in the garage. And yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of silly, but like I have, and, and I was just at a, a birthday party uh, for a 92nd year old uh, who's a huge influence at the magic castle. And they had someone doing calligraphy and that was my uh-huh. name tag, but on the back of it is an old magic club card, a membership card that they would have given out to people who were doing their magic classes decades ago. Um, so that's kind of fun too. That one, that one will probably stay up there for a while. But yeah, yeah, so it's just all my lanyards for my speaking gigs. I like to keep there, and you know, I have this Kleenex holder. It's really well, fun. You have
1: a Kleenex holder.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I love <laughs> that thing so much. Not that you're excited about that, right? I'm like, gonna make okay, Buddha. No,
0: okay. I'm gonna make a little lanyard, and I'm gonna put it around Buddha's neck.
1: There, well, you, yeah, there you go. Make him a little mullet. Um Yeah. Anyway, but uh, no, I actually because it's funny as you were talking about the lanyards because it things like that remind you. Like you said, right? You look at the lanyard; it reminds you of the experience. You you're flashed right back to the the hotel or the venue mm-hmm. that you were in, and and the speech that you gave, and some of the people that you met. I used to do the same kind of thing where I'd usually bring back a magnet or some kind of mm-hmm. little trinket kind of thing for um, from all the different places that I I'd been in the world, right? Yeah, uh, to different countries or or things like that, or when I was going to a lot of the baseball parks, I'd always come back with a baseball. Oh, sure. From from that particular baseball park, right? And so, little things like that are great in helping us to uh, remember some of the things like that that we've done. So that's that's kind of cool. That's a cool. Idea. Yeah, yeah. And you must have you must have boxes and boxes and boxes of those things.
0: I have so <laughs> many. Yeah. I have so many. And, you know, they don't always they they oftentimes they want them back because they recycle them or, you know, whatever it is. But so I typically brought them back, you know, from starting from 10 or 11 years ago when I did my first one, because I was like, oh, my God, my first lanyard. And then it's like, I'm, you know, Capricorn, right? I'm like, well, if I got one, I got to keep all of them now. And I can't get I can't possibly at this point get rid of them. It's like my my ex-husband was a runner. He used to do marathons and he always kept his bibs. From his races, oh, yeah. and for the longest time, he would just put them one on top of each other, and he had this whole stack, you know, growing stack of bibs. And I don't know if he still has them. I'll have to ask him the next time I see him if he still has all those running bibs. But you know, at some point, you're like you have to get rid of some of this stuff because you have to pare down and move and you know, all this crap. But as far as long as I can, I'm going to keep all my lanyards. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Very, cool. Very
1: yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All What's right. Your last thing on your desk, Jason.
1: Jason, turn is
0: this. Uh, That's some sort of, see, I told you you should be blowing things. That's some sort of Native American whistle. It
1: made me think of it too, right? So it's a Native American flute. Uh Uh, And so the story behind this too, is that um, I, one of the mentors that I work with uh, was kind of telling me a story. I I heard a recording of him playing a handpan drum. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I have a handpan over here too, but, um, and, and he was telling me the story, right? about how he, how he played that, how it kind of channeled through to him. And and that somebody wanted it and Mm -hmm. so they kept hounding him to buy it from him wow and they kept raising the money and raising the money and so finally he sold that hand pan to that person and he was telling me how he regretted it Uh. right that he had wished that he hadn't done that and so I was taking little notes in the back of my head, and I'm thinking I wanted him to be able to play music like that again and not have to have that regret. So I found a handpan that was the same generation model tuning of what he wow. had back then. And so it was kind of hard. It actually wasn't very hard for me to find, but that's another story for another day on why it was so easy for me to find it. But <laughs> So I found it. I bought it. And the next time I went to see him, I took it to him and said, here, you know, I, I found this, I would like you to have it because I would, I would like to replace what you lost, right? And what wow. you're losing. So, you know, again, just a, a, a form of love from me to my mentor of I appreciate I want you to play beautiful music like you like I heard you play on that instrument before. So here, please. Tell wow. Please take this, right? And so, you know, thank you. We're having dinner. We're going through, talking along, and all of a sudden, uh, he goes, "You play flutes, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I've got a couple of flutes." He starts asking me about my flutes, and he said, "I have another flute at home. It's yours." And I went, "Oh my gosh, you don't have to do that." So this flute was given to me by my mentor. Wow. Uh, It's a flute that he played. He's a holy man. So it's, uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still learning how to play. But you know, the flute itself has has meaning that way, but also it's a very powerful uh, tool. Yeah, in that. The music that comes out of the, of these instruments can be healing for people.
0: Sure. Right? What and does it so, sound? Okay, so you have to just at least play something
1: play, because I'll, I want I want to know, know what it sounds like. I'll play something, um, and like I said, it's just a little. I haven't practiced anything, so again, right? It's like I'm not I'm not here to perform. I'm just here to play something. But you know, close your eyes, sit back, whatever. You're gonna feel a little bit more relaxed at the end of it anyway. But yeah, here's something that I've kind of been playing with. That's so cool. Just a, just a little something. And I'm, like I said, I'm getting um, getting better at it. But yeah, I had for something else I was recording, I had to turn off the noise suppression. But yeah, if I'm playing my drums or I'm playing the flute, Zoom tries to like shut everything down on the noise suppression. <laughs> it's like, whoa, background noise. Don't let it get, don't
0: let it through. Yeah, it was very loud, but I can turn, I can turn that down and then I can fix it in the mix. But yeah, fix is, it in the yeah. mix. That was, that was beautiful. Yeah.
1: So that's, um and it's, and it's a, um, you know, again, it's one of those things that I, I use as a tool for myself, but also, uh, when we play music, uh, we're putting good energy out into the world as well. Yeah. And that so vibration. Times, yeah. The vibration. And so a lot of times as I play that or I play my drum, I'm, having the intention of sending healing and love out into the world as well so um and the fact that that one was given to be my my mentor was is yeah much more special yeah knowing so that people cool. knowing that he played it too oh right? my god yeah uh so
0: yeah that's really cool so if you're you know if you're sitting at home like okay she has a buddha kleenex holder and he's got a flute whatever it's it it reiterates that finding little joy in things. I mean, you can see how freaking enthusiastic I am about this Kleenex. It's a Kleenex holder, 30 bucks on Amazon. And, but it brings me such joy. Yep. And every time I look at it, and every time you look at that flute or I look at my little lanyards or the book, you know, it's about surrounding ourselves with things that bring us joy. Things that anchor us back in this present moment that on a down day, you can pick up that flute and play a couple notes and think about your mentor and be transported to someplace else, right? And that's what this is about. We get to, you know, if you have, I, we have the smallest little room in the world that we live in, but I still have the ability to put things in that environment that that thrill me, that that means something to me. So that's why we do these what's on your desk. And it's fun. You get to learn something about us after watching us for so many years. So. Yep.
1: As well. And ideas for you, if you want to start putting things on your desk or having things around yourself as well, um, or even maybe to just look at some of the stuff that you surround yourself with, Start asking yourself why, and find some of that simple joy in it. You know, remember who gave it to you. Remember yeah. where you were when you got it. Uh, you know, different things like that. Um, yeah, because for everybody, it's it's something different. But yeah,
0: yeah, we all have a different thing. Cool. Oh, I love these. I love that flute. Thank you for playing that. That was gorgeous. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com.
1: And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. Go out and have a great week. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. Ooh. Okay.